I took a lot of the sound bites, which was invest in real estate and that'll lower your taxes. I took that to heart. And what I realized was over a number of years and you know, a lot of hundreds, thousands of dollars of passive losses just sitting there recognizing, and it's not for the sake of them sitting there, but it's if I could have released that capital and been able to use that, like imagine you're, you're able to use another 50 or $100,000 of capital over five years. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Azria family, friends, and Arizona members. Hey, we're here today and we have a very special guest. We have Billy Keels. And if you haven't heard of Billy, he is an out of country investor. So we're going to go past out of state and we're going to go out of country. He hails from Barcelona, Spain, and he's doing some amazing things as it pertains to real estate. So we're going to get into his backstory of how he started with real estate. But before we do that, always, always, how we doing? Our executive director, Mike Delpreet. How are you doing today? Wonderful and wonderful. Thanks for having me right on my podcast. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, Billy. Appreciate it, man. We go back. So yeah, we do. We do, Mike, and I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to be here to share a little bit of the story. And, and Marcus, I appreciate the warm welcome and uh, looking forward to a positive conversation. And then uh, like to be able to make a, a little bit of impact and also maybe give someone one or two nuggets that they can take away today and actually put into action to get closer to their goals much faster. Okay, okay, great, great. So what we want to do on this this show today, we want to condense a lot of a lot of information and content in a short period of time. But before we do that, I want to give the quick backstory of how you and Mike met and everything like that. Because again, you're in Spain, Mike's here in Arizona. How did that ex- actually come to come to play? Tell you the story, does, or does Mike? Mike, well, Mike why don't you tell the story? Whoever's <laughs> most creative. <laughs> well, this snowball. No, it's 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 a it's about community. It's about learning, right? So there's a gentleman, Jay Massey, that was teaching how to raise money and invest in apartments and multifamily. And he was doing it out of state as well, so that was appealing. And he he had a community on Facebook, right? I think that's where it was. And Billy was a part of it. I was a part of it. And it was a cool community. We had a good time, man. We was very close with a lot of great conversations, a lot of help within each other. And we kind of just snowballed from there. Right, Billy? I mean, no, that's exactly it. And and being able to practice uh, the skills that were being learned. And then as you practice skills and you're doing that offline, you start to build a rapport with people. You start recognizing, okay, wow, wow, Mike's got uh, amazing strengths in this area. And then it also happened that Mike and I had a chance to meet up with one another here in Europe while he was on a family vacation many years ago. And so then that just helps to to crystallize. And then he was very, very gracious. And he decided to uh, join me on my podcast and go along podcast with Billy Keels on episode 139, which was epic, oh, by the way. So he <laughs> needs to, everybody needs to check him out there. It was absolutely amazing. I, I was able to twist his arm and get, get him to come over <laughs> and, and join me, which was, uh, which was pretty awesome. So yeah, we go back a number of years. Yeah, man. Real quick, Marcus. I do want to chime yep. in when we, we met because he's in Barcelona. I, I was visiting Mallorca. And so he, he, you were actually flying back and forth yep, for part of your exactly. job your, yep. where you worked. Yep. So I thought that was pretty cool. So we were like, hey, let's meet up at the airport. So drove down to the airport. 
and we got to know each other, whatever. So but what I, I would like to thank Billy for is you kind of made me realize something, right? It was pretty cool because we're sitting there, you know, you're flying around Europe. You had this fancy suit on looking sharp. And I was like, and, and, and you said something, man, you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to be like you do what you're doing. I'm just like scratching my head. I'm like, you're super uber successful, man. Like little old me, right? Like, you know, and you want to just do what I do. So I, it made me really realize like how, you know, great real estate is and how, how what a great tool it is and how it could change your life and how it inspires others. And, uh, you know, I welcome you onto our side of the entrepreneurship, which you were always an entrepreneur anyways, doing it with your business, but you made the leap, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. And, and and it is interesting what can happen when you have perspective, right? What What is the context of a given situation giving you? And I just remember being there at the airport and it was like June or July and it was super hot and I'm in this suit and I was just going, <laughs> man, Mike is chilling. He's here, at the, you know, he's got his t-shirt on, he's in hanging out. And I was like, this is the life, man. This is the life. That's so, great. Yeah. So cool. Uh, yeah. See, I'm looking at you like, man, this guy's flying all around Europe. You know, it's, it's cool, man. That's, yeah. that's good stuff. So tell us your story, man. So, yeah, you, you know, I was going to say, if you guys don't mind, because and I've, I've been watching, you know, Mike, and since we go back way, uh, way back and I, I watch what you all are doing. And I love the way that you are continuing to share your experience and your expertise. And I would just like to ask if it's okay for those of you who've been watching or been listening and you've not had a chance yet, you've not created time to, to leave an honest written review and rating for the guys, it's something that will really help to benefit you because it allows them to attract the guests that are gonna give you exactly what you need. So if you haven't done that, just take a couple seconds. I know it's something that goes a long way and I know you're really, really busy, but leave them an honest written review as well as a rating, it goes a long way. So with, yeah, man, so with that as a background, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, I think the biggest thing is, although I live in Barcelona, originally from Columbus, Ohio, and you know, by the time I was 12, we'd probably lived in, my parents were both, are both blue collar, like very, they mm -hmm. worked two jobs. I watched them struggle with money. Money was never a really positive topic in my household because when you don't have it, you don't like talking about it. And when you don't talk about it, you don't learn about it. And when you don't learn about it, it's just like this very terrible thing. And so parents put a real focus on education. So of course I was, I studied hard. I watched them work hard. So I studied hard. I got two degrees in college. I got rejected from my dream job, not once, but twice. And, mm. and so that was really, really difficult for me at the end of college, but I walked away with two degrees. Rejection was something I didn't do very well with, but that the second time I got rejected from the job, it changed the, the course of my life. And I ended up working a, a role where I worked and traveled throughout some 58 countries and did that in five years. So by the time I was 26, I'd seen so many different things, but, but it was always based on being able to go out, get a job and, and move up the corporate ladder. So I did that, but I didn't really want to go back to a normal nine to five job after that. I was supposed to go to Europe for one year sabbatical back in 2001. And let's just say, guys, I continued to work in the corporate world up until December of last year with 26 years is the time that I served in the, in the corporate life. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I probably made way more money than I should have working in enterprise software sales. And that was fantastic. But that one year sabbatical, aside from continuing my corporate life, it ended up being three different countries. So between France and France and Paris, and then down in the town called Montpellier, I lived in Italy for a while. And then I've been here in Barcelona, Spain for the last 16, almost 16 years, got married, two kids. And so I've also learned additional four languages. So that one year sabbatical completely changed my life. And, wow, uh, and, and in the last decade, yeah, in the last decade, I was also investing in real estate. So I know there are a number of different things we could probably talk about guys and really ready to yeah. take the conversation wherever it's going to yeah. help the most.
So, Billy, you were heavily invested in the corporate corporate world, corporate structure. Why did you decide to look into real estate? Why was that something that piqued your interest? Marcus, it's a it's a great question, and it's one up until recently. I was super ashamed of even talking, about it. but and it goes back to what I was talking about before, like being being in a family where money was not something you talked about because when you don't have it, it, it sucks. It's like it's pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to always be a, a very present father. At the same time, in the back of my mind, the thing that I wanted to really do more than anything else was provide financial security to my family. And so as I liked my job and I got caught up in that whole promotion and I was going to the, 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 the top achievers award, I was flying to Hawaii every other year, I was in the top talent program. And so I thought that that was the way that I could show the most love to my family. But on my son's third birthday, the night before his third birthday, I didn't sleep very well, Marcus. I slept pretty terribly because I knew the next morning I had to get up and I was on a flight to Frankfurt, Germany. Now, what I can tell you, Marcus and Mike, I don't remember the meeting that I was was at all day, but I do remember waking my wife and our one-year-old up very early in the morning, probably before 5.30, 5.45, something like that, to wake them up, wake our three-year-old up after I got out of the shower, I gave him a hug and a kiss, and I was out the door. And so that night, while my family was together, my in-laws, I was at a business meeting at a dinner, and that is the moment that made me realize like i don't ever want to feel the way that i feel right now and i do not even though i like my job i was doing something that was not congruent with the man that i wanted to be with the father that i wanted to be and so it hurt me and it hurt me to the point that i couldn't just be like the theoretical you know guru anymore Mm -hmm. i had to take the stuff that I was learning, the the rent minus the operating mm-hmm. expenses, the net right. operating income minus the debt service and start putting it into action. And so it was at that moment that I realized that I needed to do that. And I actually sat down and I wrote my five-year goal out when I came back, because this was going from theory to action. And yep. it, the, it take me about three years. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad to the time that that happened with my son. And from that moment on, it took me 18 months to achieve a five-year goal based on number of units and, and income. But coming back to answer your question, it took a really painful, shameful event for me, missing my son's third birthday, which is I, I said that that's what I was doing all this stuff for, and I wasn't doing it for that, or I got lost along the way. So that's what, yeah, that's really what got me started to truly invest in, in real estate. And, and that happens because a lot of people, they become so achievement oriented to where they forget what's the purpose of what I'm trying to achieve. And for you, it was, I wanted to be a present father with my one and my three-year-old. And then you took a step back and you notice, well, you know what, what I'm trying to achieve and trying to accomplish, I'm really not doing it. Although monetarily and financially, I'm setting my family up, but me being there is really a mishap for my family. So you said you sat down and you did a five-year goal. Do you remember what was, what was those goals? What was that thing that you was trying to achieve? It's, it's here with me, like literally in this office. And I sat down and that goal was to be able to generate four figures of net income and to be able to do that in five years and and be able to create 10 doors. That's what, that was the goal that I set out. 
for myself, it's literally like here written. I don't know if you can see that or not, but yep, it's, yep. Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally written here. And I keep it with me because it's a reminder of the difference between what happens when you tell yourself you're going to do something and you start to take action. And I know, Mike, you're a huge believer in this. And it, it, it actually baffled me that doing this from Barcelona, Spain, investing 100% of all assets that my companies own are in the United States and being able to do that in 18 months versus the 60, six zero months that I thought it was gonna take me when I was mm -hmm. just, when I didn't have that like thing that really set the fire under me to, yeah, to get out there yeah. and start taking action. So, so two things there that I hear a lot is one, you, you, I wanna go into, hey, you invested across the world here when there's people that are afraid to invest in their own backyard. Yeah. And another thing you did was, you know, you set that goal, I want 10 houses, 10, 10 doors. And how long was five years? Five mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Right. I hear that a lot. There's nothing wrong with like it, it, when you're, when you're new and you just don't know what you don't know, you might say, Hey, I want 10 houses in 10 years. Or I want five houses for the rest of my life. When it, it's more achievable, it's easier. It could be easier than that. So, mm -hmm. so how'd you overcome investing over overseas and how'd you like, what was the difference that you went from, you know, five years to 18 months? Like what were those clicks that, yeah, so, that confidence? So the, yeah. So the first thing that happened because I was somebody who in the beginning, like I like a lot of control. So in the, all of the things that I would, the theory that I was seeing, like, you know, reading the books and the theory said, like I said, mentioned before the, the formulas, I knew yeah. them like the back of my hand. What I was missing was the practical application of the theory. And so when I started to apply what I was learning, to the location that I was living in, i.e. Barcelona, I didn't have the education and I didn't have the network to understand that where I lived was not what I, it was not the high, it was not the mark, the, the location that was gonna give me the highest probability of achieving the goal. What do I mean by that? I mean that I was looking for cash flow and I live in a market, once again, with no education and no network, that is really not the type of location that's gonna give you cash flow it's more of an appreciation based type of location and so all the number every time i kept looking for that plus 200 or that plus 50 or that plus 300 every single time it kept coming back like negative 50 euros negative 125 <laughs> euros or dollars or whatever the case yep. may be and yeah. i was like hang on a second this doesn't make any sense and so fortunately as a u.s citizen residing abroad i had friends of mine that were spanish who were like dude you're you're from the u.s why don't you just buy in the u.s and i was like are you kidding me? How am I going to buy the U.S.? Do you not see the Atlantic Ocean between right. here and the closest possible? <laughs> I thought it was just like the most absurd thing. But yeah. then into the second part of your question is, there were two things that I knew that I wanted that, that I wanted to happen. Number one, I did not want to feel the pain of having my entire in-laws and my wife and kids singing happy birthday to another anybody without me being there. So that pain was really moving me to take action. And then also I had money in the bank that I was tired of it just sitting in the bank. I wish I could tell you guys I had some master plan and I had everything perfectly figured out, but it was, I knew that I was now gonna invest in the United States, I had money in the bank. And so the next logical step was to ask in my, the only, the way that I decided on the location was when things go wrong, can I pick up the phone and call a family member? 
And because that's the only way that I selected the location where I invested my money, when things started going wrong, i.e. I bought the property, but I didn't have a team in place, I didn't understand anything about the location, but I did know what I wanted to get out of it. I wasn't necessarily sure why or why, because I didn't want to feel the way that I did before. Um, that is the like that's where I went. I, fortunately for me, and I'm a recovering perfectionist, I didn't overthink it so much. And I had that emotional drive that I didn't want to feel. And I just said, all right, well, where's family live? And I've got enough money. And I had to get introduced to a banker that talked to me about the different type of loan products that were available. Mm -hmm. And I learned about that. And then eventually I just, I invested long distance and that's kind of how it, how it got started. So not much more complicated than, than that. I've come a long way since then. I, I definitely mm -hmm. am more aligned with the way that you guys are teaching, but that's, that's what I needed as a beginner to get started. Well, um, and, and, and what you said there, Billy, is some of the things that really stop people from going to making that switch from theory into practice is because they want to sit down and they theorize everything and they say, okay, well, this is my master plan. I need X to work out. Then I need to go to Y, then Z happen. And then, you know, A, B, C, one, two, three. And a lot of times in life, that theory and practice is completely different. And if that theory doesn't line up with that practice, then people say, okay, well, it doesn't work. You know, I give up. So it was a good thing that you said, you know what? I'm just going to jump out here and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to try and align myself with the right people and take the right action and see what those results are. And, and the results came out positive. You know, you got those 10 doors in 18 months. Yeah. And, and it was overall positive, but I made a lot of mistakes. I like I had a roofing problem that I sh that cost me about twenty five thousand dollars. And that was because I got the home inspection, but guess what? I had gotten so comfortable with the first two purchases, I invested in the home inspection, but I didn't read it. And so six <laughs> to eight months later, right? And Mike's Love laughing because you hear this all the time, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I did that. And then it, what it cost me between getting the roof fixed, having oh, to pay man. for the, the, the residents when they were living in another place, like that was a simple thing that I should have picked up on because I was so busy working my job. I already had the home inspection. I didn't think about because I thought, well, if there's something major, they'll tell me. And yeah, then when too. I went back like six to eight months later, or maybe it was a year later, I can't remember exactly right now, but I went back and I looked in the home inspection because I was upset thinking, man, they didn't even put this in the home inspection. And yeah, it was pretty clearly there that that was going to be an issue. And so it made me realize like, had I read, had I taken the time to read it, because I took the time to invest and have somebody go out there, mm -hmm. I, it would it would have allowed me to then go renegotiate, provide the right infrastructure up front and an overall better service for the the tenants, the tenants. and I wouldn't have had to pay for that. Well, it's a pretty, you know, it was a, that was a pretty interesting learning opportunity for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one that I share with other people so that you hopefully, yeah. if, you are, if you're going to take the time to invest in a home inspection, read it. Read it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I partially laughed because, you know, now looking back, it's like, even today we get, you know, we're wrapped up in our business, right? You know, we got so much going on. We're confident. We've been doing this forever. Even like today's, there's things sometimes I'm like, wow, if I just took a minute or had someone do it or asked for some help and delegated whatever it was, you could like save money. But yeah, I can just relate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. And what would have happened if you didn't have the money? Right. Like think about that. Yeah. Like this yeah, yeah. is important. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that would have been put a the huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another it was, house. It like, yeah. It would have been a, it would have been a really, really not a nice situation. Fortunately, financially things were working out and all of the mm -hmm. properties that all of the doors, and so we were able to absorb 
some of that, but I mean, that was, yeah, it ended up being, you know, I had to loan my company money and get it fixed. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, let's, so, so Billy, for those people that are in that theory practice stage, they say, you know what, I'm transitioning from theory and I'm actually going to get out here and do this. What was that first step that you had to take when you're across season? You say, you know what, I'm going to invest in this property right here. What was it that you had to do to get from that theory into practice? So was it calling a banker, starting to get financing worked out? What was that first step? Yeah. So the first step was just the fear of not wanting to miss another important event. Like that was the thing that drove me to do everything. When I realized that I didn't like that just as, a, as an overall thing. And, and the thing, Marcus, that I, I really want to reiterate to people, I'm sharing that with you because I hope you don't wait until something like that emotionally happens to you. If you hear it from somebody else, which is why I was pretty ashamed to talk about it before, but I realized that when I do share it, hopefully there's somebody that's listening that's oh, saying, yeah. you know what, I'm going through the exact same thing. Don't miss something that you could mm -hmm. probably easily avoid missing if you just start taking action. Recognize that the action is going to be based on imperfect information. And though people that you surround yourself with, and today you're investing your time with Mike, with Marcus, and they're going to be able to point you in the right direction, take action. Don't wait until it's too late. So that, that kind of going on in the background. But then I didn't know, like I knew that I had money, Marcus, but I didn't know really much about like what I would need to do to get a loan. And so the very first call was to family members to say, hey, listen, does anybody know a banker? Because I knew that that was going to be the most important thing. How do I get a loan? I didn't know the difference between variable rate mortgages, I did fixed rate, because I never even bought a home. Like I had no idea. This was just, I was just jumping right into investment property. So everything started with the banker. And then meeting the banker and understanding about the different loan products, recognizing that it was going to be very traditional, very retail, 25% down, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have anybody in the location because what I didn't want to do is burden my family with managing this on a day-to-day -day basis. Right, so right. I got the introduction from the banker to a general contractor. The general contractor knew the area was also an investor, ended up introducing me to someone who was a broker, the broker, in, the real estate broker, who then introduced me to the real estate agent. And so then we started working that way. And then when I bought the property, I recognized I didn't actually have anybody to, to manage the, the property on a day-to-day -day basis. So I learned to build systems based on things that were broken. Because when a tenant who's in your property has to call a number that's based in Spain to fix a problem, that's a problem. Yeah. And so it was, it was then realizing, okay, well, I've got this problem. How do I fix it? Then I found out there were 24 hours, seven day a week answering services we could call, then they would call somebody else. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, I took action. It was imperfect action and then imperfect action or action based on imperfect information, but at least I got started. And I knew, and this is one of the things I think it's really important, especially if you're someone who is like me, you're just getting started, you're excelling in your job, you really know that you wanna do something new and you don't have enough experience, you're already a step ahead of, of me because you're here with Mike and Marcus, but it's just to make sure that you're not gonna probably get it right the first time, but you've shown enough success that you're, when you see that things are wrong, you're gonna course correct, or you're already part of, 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 of a RIA that is gonna help you, and you have accountability partners, people that can point you in the right direction. So don't be afraid to fail. Mike, I know you talk about it, fail fast, fail forward, fail frequently, mm -hmm. but just do it so that you can actually get to the outcome that you're ultimately looking for. And, and what, you, what you drove home right there, Billy, was what I wanted people to, to understand and to get is, 
take that one st- one action and everything else will start to line up. You'll start to see, OK, well, I need to fix this. Well, where can I go to get this? All right, here's the contractor. The contractor lead me to a property manager. So it's all about taking that, that one action. What people want to do is they want to say, okay, how do I get from Arizona to California? First thing is grab your car keys. Next, go to the car, start the engine. And But we want to look at, all right, we're here. We want to get quickly to that end process. And sometimes you got to take those small steps that will lead you along that journey. Yep, absolutely. Yes, sir. Awesome. And so was this all happening in Columbus? Am I, I'm just going with the assumption. No, this, no, this is all in New Jersey. All in oh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Oh. So it was actually purchasing in New Jersey, you know, no disrespect to New Jersey. It was great where I got started would definitely not purchase there today. If that was okay. the choice that I was making, just because like I said, I didn't have the education and mm-hmm. I didn't have the, the support network. So when I look at things now, I look at it from a very structured, based on criteria. So there is a there, there's a statistical analysis that happens, and of course you've got to get some intuition that goes a part of that. But in the beginning, it was just intuition. I just didn't want to feel that pain of missing another event, and that's what kicked me into 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 action. And because family had left Ohio, and was more closely closer okay. to New Jersey. That's how it got ended up buying in New Jersey. Okay. No, I love that. You know, and what from where we learn from, you know, uh, we drive home here a lot is your investor identity, right? Figuring out who you are and what's landlord friendly, tenant friendly, and like understanding all these, these items to create who you are, and then it would be much easier to articulate what you want. And those deals will, you know, come. So awesome. So where'd you end up going? I bought the, so I had the 10 doors in New Jersey, and then I realized that I needed to get some more structure in my life. And so that's when I decided to invest in, in paid mentorship. I got mm-hmm. that. I ended up getting a process and put things together. And so through that, I learned what it was like to then go out and started like a state level, go from state level to city level, and then from a city level to submarket level and or an MSA then to submarket and then down into the you know, almost to the to the block. And so I ended up going through a process and I looked at four different states and it came down to six different cities. And I ended up purchasing in the Charlotte MSA, excuse me, Mm -hmm. in the Charlotte MSA, I ended up purchasing a mobile home park. And that mobile home park was just, it was a great kind of going through understanding, recognizing, using a lot of the sales skills, because I worked in sales and sales leadership Mm -hmm. for 26 years in in the corporate life. And I was able to make that purchase it fit into what i wanted to do the team was already in place built so it was a very different experience than when i first got started in new jersey and then after that i found out i was something called an accredited investor and so when i realized that i was an accredited investor and i know you guys have talked about that some or to to some extent but being an accredited investor allowed me to then invest my financial capital with other people who were bringing people together that had similar goals, financial goals, similar aspirations. And and then I started combining being an active investor, doing that long distance, and then also passively investing my financial resources with other people. And I started looking at that across a a number of different classes. 
everything from large multifamily. I also invested with other people in in development projects for like Hilton branded hotels, Marriott branded hotels. I got into ATM machines, passive investor, and then most recently into large pieces of energy equipment. So I've started to do a number of things and really combine different vehicles, real estate being the foundation for everything else, but it also helped to open my eyes to, to other investment opportunities. Wow. So, so do you own the properties in New Jersey still? In a couple of days, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no, I'm in the, I'm, I am in the process of, of cycling out. We've cycled out of about 80% of those in the last two. Hopefully by the time this goes live, we'll also be out of the portfolio. Got it. So are you doing like a 1031 or just cashing out? What are you? Cashing out. Yeah. Cashing cool. out. Cashing awesome, out. man. But, but, and, and the reason for that part of it is, is and this is just a, a kind of an obsession that's happened recently, just because I've started learning a lot more about mm-hmm. tax and stuff like that. But I had these after seven, eight years, I had these things called passive losses that were still sitting on the books. And so rather than doing a 1031 exchange, I actually have a destination for the capital. And so I'm using the the passive losses that have built up for the last Last. number of years to be able to to keep as much of the capital as possible there's some recapture and stuff like that i want to get too much into the weeds but decided to do that let's know what passive losses are yeah so so passive losses is is really so when you're investing uh, i guess also to mike and i'll I'll say this i am not a cpa i am not a tax (laughs) professional so what I'm talking about is just my own experience. And so you definitely need to speak with your tax professional about your specific situation. But I will tell you what my understanding is of passive losses, because I invested a lot of money with my CPA for him to explain it to me. So one of the things that happened when I was a high wage earner, I w- as I was investing in rental property, rental property is one of the types of assets that creates what the IRS deems as passive income. So there's basically different types of income. There's passive income, there's non-passive like ordinary, which is when you're working in your job, your W-2, that's a different type of income. So when I was investing in rental properties, I was every year there's depreciation on the properties. And so it, it appears that the rental properties are not actually making money, that they're in, in fact losing money if you do it mm-hmm. properly. And so, but what happened was this money, I could, I didn't actually get that, those passive losses back because I thought I would be able to write those off against my W-2 income, but I found that there's different buckets. So there's a bucket of passive income and then there's ordinary income or non-passive income. And these two buckets don't mix unless you have a very specific IRS designation, which we don't need to go too much into that. I mean, we we can if you want, but it's just what that helped me to do as an investor is it helped me to recognize that there are different ways to generate income and based on the way that you generate your income can also affect one of the outcomes like Marcus was talking about earlier and and how quickly you can get to your destination, whatever that investing destination is. Yeah, like the tax bucket overall is a whole nother strategy outside of just let's rent or flip or whatever it is. So, you know, and I'm still trying to figure that game out as well. Every day there's something new. So what what kind of advice, because you said you spent a lot of money on this and someone in the beginning stages, where do they even start? Who do they even talk to? Like just to kind of learn how they find the right CPA, like books to read, just what do you got? Yeah. So I, you know, a couple of different things. So I've, I've read, actually I even posted this the other day on my, on my LinkedIn, but I, one of the people that I, that I had a chance to meet, he was speaking at a, at a conference was Tom Wilwright. 
And I remember him talking about active income and, and passive income. And I was like, wow, this is absolutely unbelievable. And that's investing in a book, right? You just, you buy yeah. a book, it's tax-free wealth. Well, and I think most people have seen it or heard of it. And it's one that I've personally read. But you know what? One of the things that I would say would be probably pretty useful for your audience is since you're already here, if this is something that's really interesting, I'm sure that, and I'm not throwing this over to you, Mike and Marcus, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if that was a topic that was really important, that I'm sure that there's a CPA there locally that would be really willing to come in and talk to yeah. you all about at very high level. Like, hey, listen, what are some of the different things that you want to consider when you're making your investments? Because that I think that's one of the best ways to know if you can know ahead of time. I did not. I was not aware of it because once again, I don't come from a family with money. It's not a type of conversation that we were having at the dinner table. And I took a lot of the sound bites, which was invest in real estate and that'll lower your taxes. I took that to heart. And what I realized was over a number of years and you know a lot of hundreds of thousands of dollars of passive losses just sitting there recognizing, and it's not for the sake of them sitting there, but it's if I could have released that capital and been able to use that, like imagine you're, you're able to use another 50 or $100,000 of capital over five years, you can invest that in either buying maybe yeah. another duplex or investing it with somebody else. So it was more the opportunity cost of what I was missing not the fact that eventually I knew that I would be able to use those passive losses. I just wouldn't have to wait eight years like I'm doing now. And I think like, so with taxes, right? So when you're like, when you were in that stage of, Hey, I need to change my life with real estate, right? I'm at these business meetings. It's, it's hard to say, let me look into taxes, <laughs> right? Like, right. like I think for, for like when we have new people around the Rio, for example, it's like, how do you get them excited to go to a tax event right like even though it's so but it's yeah. so important like yeah. how do we you, you know i just want to be like you, tell people now like because it could be confusing and overwhelming and it's not yeah, so, fun well no well, it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily fun but it's highly impactful yeah. right Very, and so yes. what, I, I i guess the thing that i would maybe just suggest is if you're just getting started like if like take take the tax conversation away like if you're looking to buy your very first single family residence or your first quadplex or duplex that doesn't matter yet. It's going to matter later, but you've got to get in the game. If you're thinking yeah. about taxes rather than actually making your first investment, like you're, you're, Marcus, this is what you said earlier, like you're thinking about step five when you should be thinking mm-hmm. about step one. Yeah. So get yep. started first. Like don't, maybe don't wait until like I did. I was, you know, a couple of 10 units in and then I was like, well, hang on a second. Actually yeah. 10 units in plus 10 <laughs> units in plus the mobile home park. I was 10 units yeah. in plus the mobile home park. And I was like, I feel you. I didn't even recognize it. And I'm like, what are these? What is this all about? Yeah. And then I, I was frustrated. And because I didn't have the education, I didn't know what to do. And so like, you know, I called my CPA. I was like, I thought this was supposed to be bringing my taxes down. He's like, no, not really. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I would suggest more than anything else is get started first. Read a book. You know, we've talked about the books and even Google stuff, watch videos on YouTube. They talk about them a lot. And then, you know, when it makes sense, you know, talk to talk to Mike, talk to Marcus about seeing if you can get somebody to come in and do a 30 minute pitch on what's the difference between passive and non-passive income. Love it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Billy, we I mean, we have so much more we could have got into and more than likely we're going to invite you back onto the show because we this is just the tip of the iceberg, sir. But we want to respect your time and honor your time. So but before you go, man. How can we get in touch with you? How can we find you? How can we follow you to, to, you know, just to continue to follow your journey? Yeah, sure, man. And Marcus, I appreciate it. And and Mike, like I said, I, I really do appreciate 
the, this opportunity to be here and share a little bit of, of my stories is so, I mean, it's great to be able to see, man, and the things that you're doing <laughs> and the lives you're impacting. You, you know, I think the best way, well, one, and I said, go check out Conversation 139 on the Going Long podcast with Billy Keels. It's a great way just to hear more about, you know, long distance investing. One of the things, and I, hopefully some of that came through, I'm really, really passionate right now about this whole topic around tax, because when you understand more of it, it can also help to to get you to your destination much faster. We've even taken time to write up a little, a, I guess you call it like a white paper case study, a white paper. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much, Marcus. You could see like me go blank. Yeah, and what you need to do is just go to firstgencp.com forward slash pay less tax. And that will talk to you a little bit about it. It's really geared towards accredited investors. But once again, it's firstgencp.com forward slash pay less tax. And I love connecting with people on LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty sure that I'm the only Billy Keels in Barcelona, Spain. And if you let me know that you heard us having this conversation here today, it just gives us no way, a way to continue to to keep the conversation going. And over there, I usually post things that I'm thinking about or, or things that are happening. So I think those are the best ways to to get in touch and and, and follow. Perfect. Great. Thank you for being here, my, my friend. Yeah, Mike, really appreciate it. Marcus, thank you so very much. And uh, hopefully this has been valuable to someone and, and, and definitely, yes. definitely, definitely don't wait to feel pain, emotional pain before you start taking action. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Billy. So you all that are listening, you all know exactly what to do. You got the instructions, get out there, take massive action. This is one of the things that we talked about that Billy shared with us. Don't wait until you have that emotional pain before you get out there and take action. You can always, always go to asria.org. If you want additional information about real estate investing, go to azria.org, or you can come directly down to the office. We're at 16th Street in Highland, 16th Street in Highland. Uh, but go to the website. You'll see the address there. Billy, Mike, thank you guys once again. And you guys know what to do. Get out there and take action. Are your real estate dreams on hold? With work, kids, everything else going on, time is limited. Most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders. You might even say to yourself, if I just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction, I know things would happen quicker. Well, then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals, sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, and all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.